0: Welcome! You are listening to Bible Teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis, Tennessee. We hope today's message helps you grow in relationship with Jesus. You can access more gospel resources and ways to connect with our church at ICCMemphis.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Tad, for your leadership, worship team, for your leadership this morning. Uh, I don't know if there's any greater uh, song to sing that tells of the gospel than that song Living Hope, and I I pray it's a song that the Lord will continue to sing over you during our time today as well as the rest of the days of your life. Uh, It's truly a privilege to be here with you this morning. I'm Robbie. I get to serve here at ICC as the executive pastor, and uh, feel really privileged uh, to speak this morning, especially after last Sunday. I was told that last Sunday was actually one of the top 10 Sundays we've ever had, top 10 sermons in specific. Uh, that we've ever had uh, last Sunday. And so if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. I got told that, I promise I got told by more people than just Mitchell that it was top <laughs> 10 uh, last week. So don't don't miss out on that. Mitchell and Michelle just hit it out of the park. And so I feel really uh, privileged and excited to be able to continue uh, the series that we've been in this uh, summer, the series called Love Your Neighbor and ultimately looking together at the great commandment. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I was, I was kind of processing this morning, like, where to start out. And I just got to be honest with you about something, I think, starting out today. Does anybody ever have a, a weird week? Anybody ever have just like a really, a week that you're just like, I don't know what just happened. Like I was here, I was living in it. It just feels, I just don't even know what happened. That that was kind of this week. We were so blessed. You may have heard the news. You may even see the beginnings of the project going on outside of the building today. We're so blessed by our landlord, uh, but we have had the privilege to uh, receive a new roof to this building, which is just so unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that's (laughs) legit. That's I like the clapping, I like the interaction. Let's keep that going this morning. So we had the privilege to receive a new building. This week, it started going on. The project began Monday morning. Oh man, they told us they're gonna have it done in three days, we're gonna be so excited. We're gonna be in this roof. We've been thinking, okay, we've been living literally in, it it looks like showers around the room. Anytime it rains or freezes for about 10 years. And so this is a huge answer to prayer. And uh, I think we have the first picture out here. We had some incredible guys this week working on uh, the project. This is Andrew, our uh, facilities and environmental uh, ministry uh, specialist, along with the, the crew of guys that were uh, helping uh, support the contractors who were putting the roof on the building today. And it was just amazing. Uh, It was really funny. On Tuesday, I was uh, out at a meeting with some community leaders, and then I came back to the building Tuesday evening uh, for a meeting that was going to be taking place here with Tad and some of our key worship leaders. And I I walked into the building, and all of a sudden, uh, it got really dark outside. Does anybody remember the weather Tuesday night? I mean, it was like, it was wild. It was just... uh, Tad said he thought the trumpet was about to blow and Jesus was going to come back. It was that kind of weather. I mean, it was just crazy looking outside. And so I I came into the building and all of a sudden I hear the rain start. And and immediately I'm thinking, oh, no, there's guys on the roof. But, you know, they've got this figured out for sure. They do this type of thing all the time. So I came inside and sure enough, there was a, a few just really small leaks uh, coming through a few places. And I was like, well, that's nothing unfamiliar to us here at ICC. Uh, I'll just grab a few buckets and and start to put it out. And then all of a sudden, I realized, oh, no. Oh, no. We've got a serious, serious problem. And I think there's a video, maybe sound too with this video, but there's a quick video I'm going to show you of what this room looked like Tuesday night. And so. It was really amazing. I've never seen it rain inside, but it totally did. Show that one more time really quick. Just want everybody to totally get that vibe. So I, I began, along with some of the members of our worship team, trying to put out buckets to catch, uh, to catch as much water as we could. We brought in trash cans and different things. And all of a sudden, we were out of buckets. And I remember standing in this room and thinking, I don't know what to do right now. Like I, don't, I just don't even know what you do when it's raining inside and you're out of buckets. And so I stood in this room and just watched, watched the floor just begin to flood, and this whole under the stage flood, and this whole room uh, begin to get covered with water. It was a really, it was an interesting experience to, to say the least. Uh, and 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 two really quick. I'll, I'm going to tie this back in in a second, but I just want to give. A lot of praise and thanks to Candice Todd, our Director of Operations, and Andrew Padgett, who leads our facilities. Yeah, we should clap for them. They worked. I mean, it is, it's is—it's crazy that we're sitting in here right now. They worked with contractors and remediation organizations and different things to help us be sitting in this room today, and, and not just that you had to paddle in, <laughs> in like a kayak. And so uh, I'm so incredibly grateful for them. But I thought, okay, you know, this is kind of like a weird this is a weird thing that happened uh, this week. Surely the rest of the week is super chill. So yesterday I, I had a, a bright idea. Does anybody like a deal? Anybody ever like to get a deal? Anybody? Yeah, AJ, I see you there. Me and you, bro. Uh, I love to get a good deal. And so I've been doing a little car shopping over this last season. And I found a great deal in another state. And so I decided to jump on a plane yesterday morning, buy a, a, like a, a miles ticket and fly down uh, to pick up this truck. I was going to drive it back. And so I get down there and uh, start checking it out. It's a little different than I thought. I jump in the car, start on my way back to Memphis. I think this is, this is good. This is going to work out. Uh, about 30 minutes into, into the drive, I had a gravel truck in front of me, dump a bunch of gravel on the front of the truck. That was really awesome and break the windshield across the way. And then I got uh, right outside of Jackson, Mississippi. And uh, I don't know if you know what's outside of Jackson, Mississippi between Jackson, Mississippi and Memphis, but there's n- nothing. Uh, so I'm, I'm in between Jackson. And I'm about 10 miles out of town, out of Canton, Mississippi. And then uh, there's about 10, 15 miles to the next exit. And all of a sudden, I feel the car start serving all over in this boop boop boop, 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 And sure enough, on the, yeah, I think we have a picture of this too. There we go. Yeah, totally destroyed the, the tire uh, on something. Now, the day was just, it was really going great. And I I, uh, I was like, okay, I'm, you know, guys, I know you're thinking right now. Robbie's not Barrett. He's got this handled. He's got this handled. He, he knows how to change a tire. And you're, you're right. So I, I go and I, I loosen up the tire. I jack it up. I, I kind of start to get the tire out. And I go to grab the spare, pull the spare out. And I realize, oh, the spare is flat. The spare is completely flat too. Should have checked that whenever you get a new car, uh, car on the way back, used car. But uh, I was sitting out in the middle of nowhere thinking, I don't I don't know what to do, right? Why am I feeling this way again? I felt this way on Tuesday night and now I'm feeling it uh, again today. And I was able to work it out through some unique circumstances. It was about 5 p.m. yesterday, and so I'm thinking, I don't know how to get a tow truck driver here. I don't know how to ever get this tire changed and then get back to Memphis. Everything's closed, I'm on the phone. Finally get this incredible guy named Steve, of course, Steve's towing, he was amazing, Uh, came and picked me up. And I'm trying to find anywhere in Jackson, Mississippi that can change a tire for me late on a uh, Saturday night. And uh, I call, you know, where else do you go when you you can't find anything else? You go to Walmart, you know what I'm saying? There it is, yeah, he knew, he knew. So I I get Walmart service line on the phone and uh, sadly they're about to close, uh, which is really a whole thing in and of itself. Man, killing me. Uh, But I get to talk to this guy named Marcus this guy named Marcus, who I'm going to be honest, I totally pulled the pastor card. I was like, I'm driving through. I got to preach tomorrow. Please, please, Uh, you know, blessings on your life. I don't know. what you. No, I promise I didn't say that, but uh, I uh, thought about it. Um, But Marcus was just so incredible and he had so much compassion on me. And uh, so Steve comes to pick me up and they throw it on the The tow truck and uh, we head off back towards Canton, Mississippi. And I get in this long conversation with Steve and we start talking about his family and his business and just some things that are going on in his life at that time and I start thinking and processing actually about this series that we've been in. Um, The series where we're called to love our neighbor and we get to exhibit what love actually looks like in living a life of hospitality. And living a life of service, and Steve was serving me. I'm going to be honest. So did Marcus yesterday. I was essentially the guy in the ditch that the Good Samaritan took care of, you know, that in the story. But um, God really brought back to mind the core of what we've been talking about together. To get the opportunity uh, from this idea to really go into Steve's story to understand how I can pray for him, to try to encourage him. The same thing with Marcus. I actually did pray for him uh, at our time together at Walmart uh, and just thanked him, Uh, but to get the opportunity to live as a good neighbor to people that we either are regularly in proximity with or come across in our day-to-day pathways. And it goes back to the idea that Jesus teaches us in Matthew uh, 22, 37 through 38. And he says... To them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And this is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And we've been answering this question together. Who is my neighbor? Right? I just talked about it again. When we're talking about who my neighbor is, we're talking about people that we're coming into contact with on a regular basis who are we're who living in proximity to we're working in proximity with or come across us in our pathways people like Marcus and Steve people like the workers who were here serving our building that during the thunderstorm that blew up you know they were all huddled outside on the uh, on the the uh, pathway outside underneath the overhang Uh, But to get the opportunity to invite them in, to provide water for them, to provide care for them. Andrew did such an incredible job all week long exhibiting this. But it's truly transformative in our lives when we realize that God has called us to live out being a good neighbor. And what it looks like to be a good neighbor is to be a person of love. So we talked about that in some different ways, four different ways so far. Good neighbors practice hospitality, good neighbors serve, good neighbors pray, and good neighbors, last week we talked about, they live justly. I personally have been super encouraged, I'm telling you a couple of my stories, but I've been super encouraged going out to the lobby. If you haven't taken time yet, go out there and check out the wall that's out there, the challenge wall. Take time to look at how each one of you are accepting the challenges that we're giving each week to live out being a good neighbor. There's story after story on that wall of how you have said yes to taking a first step uh, to loving Your neighbor. And so, if you haven't taken time to write down how you've already accepted that challenge yourself, I encourage you to do that. Share that with someone else. It will encourage them immensely as it has encouraged me. You know, one of the things that's unique in our culture is love stories. Everyone loves. A love story. Everybody just loves to be in love a little bit. You know, it, during, uh, what, is, what do they call it? October through January, what do they call it? Cuffing season, you know, but on Hallmark Channel every year, every, uh, you know, woman knows about this and every husband dreads this season, but it's uh, on uh, the Hallmark Channel, right? There's the, the seasonal movies of love and about every story I think is the same. If you wanna throw up that slide, Grace Ann. Yeah, something like this, girl meets guy in the small town, they fall in love. He's a secret millionaire. They live happily ever after. It's always in our culture. There's this new show somebody told me about this week too. It's on Netflix. It's called Love is Blind. And you fall in love with somebody in a blind way. There's even people that get together to watch that, I think. In our church, you fall in love and you propose to them when you first meet them. How ridiculous is that? But our culture loves a good love story. I think a lot about, maybe it's from my childhood, but Jack and Rose, right? So when Jack got off the door to just love on Rose and let her float away. I don't know if you've seen the memes on the internet, but it seems like there was room, but he loved her enough to get off of, <laughs> off of, uh, off of the door himself. These are funny examples of romantic love in our culture, but there's so many examples uh, that we love to cling onto uh, in the idea of love stories and, and are really amazed with. I think about this story in particular, of a mom last year in Ivaldi, Texas, who denied what the police were saying and ran in to try to save her sons from an active shooter situation. What an act of love there from that mother. An amazing story of love. You also think about uh, this story, it was just uh, two friends. Uh, this guy had to have a kidney transplant and his friend surprised him by being willing to give him his kidney. I mean, that's an amazing love story to say. I love my best friend so much. I want to serve him in this way. I really like this story out of California a few years ago. And this kid uh, named Elvis uh, took time to love his neighbor well, this elderly man. There was a hailstorm that had blew up in Southern California. And this kid, Elvis, instead of just kind of getting out of the storm, this older man was trying to get home and he walked him all the way home underneath the umbrella to love him really well during that time. And I think in all of these stories, maybe less with the romantic ones at the beginning, but you truly see the invitation to be a neighbor who is a neighbor who loves. We love love stories in our culture. Uh, it's really interesting. It's something that is just speaks to the very heart and essence of who we are. And ultimately, I believe it's because God made us to both receive love from him and, as we see in this passage, give love to others. You know, a lot of times when I get the opportunity to preach, I'm not as much of a teacher, preacher. I like to tell stories. That's what I like to do. And so today, we're going to do something a little bit different, though. It's going to be, uh, instead of me just telling you stories, I'm going to invite you This is, oh, I see people are already starting to get a little nervous, introverts, it's okay, I promise. But I'm gonna invite you into an exercise of telling your own story this morning. And so what we're going to do, if you're new with this this morning, I promise we don't do this a ton and it's not going to be scary. And uh, if you don't want to get a partner, you can just tell the stories to yourself, you know, introverts, just live it up with your rich inner life. Um, but what I want you to do, every person go ahead and grab at least one partner. You can, let's do that one partner. I'm going to invite Zach Watts. He's going to be sharing his testimony a little bit. He's going to be my partner. So Zach, will you come up here? I don't know where you're at, but Oh, there he is. Yeah, Zach's going to be my partner. Go ahead, everybody, grab a partner. I'm going to give you some instructions in one second. So meet somebody around you. If you don't have a partner and you need one, you can raise your hand and we will uh, assign you a partner. It'll be really great. So try to connect with somebody around you, meet them, get to know their name. This isn't going to be weird, I promise. It's going to be fun. Maybe a little weird, but it'll be fun. Welcome, welcome. All righty. Great. I'm going to assume that you went ahead and met your partner or partners. How we're going to do this exercise, so here's, here it is. Stick with me. You're going to have to come back. OK, OK. When you hear my voice, you're going to have to come back to me each time, or else we're going to blow up time today. It's going to be something else. So I need your help out. When you hear my voice, you're going to come back to me. What we're going to do in this, I'm going to put one minute on the clock, and I'm gonna give partner A a specific assignment to share with partner B, okay? So one minute and then I'm gonna stop you and then we're gonna go partner B is gonna do the same thing to partner A, right? So they're gonna share the same type of thing to partner A. So when you hear my voice, you're gonna switch partnerships or we're gonna switch conversation topics. What I want you to do partner A is I want you to take a moment, one moment, and I want you to share with partner B about a time in your life where you felt really loved. Okay, that's it. Just share a time in your life in one minute that you felt really loved. Okay, go. Okay, go ahead and switch, switch, and partner B, you're now gonna tell partner A about a time that you felt really loved. Okay, so you're gonna share the same thing. Go ahead and switch. All right. All right. Going back to partner A. Here we go. Partner A. All right. Stop, stop, stop. I know you got to cut it short. I know that. Just go ahead and pause. You can catch up afterwards, go to lunch and tell them the rest of your love story. Okay. So what you're going to do, partner A, is I want you to share about a time that you showed compassionate love to someone else. Let me say that one more time. Share about a time you showed compassionate love to someone else. All right. Partner A, go ahead. One minute. All right, we're going to go ahead and jump now to our third question. Third question, here you go. Our third challenge for partner A, third challenge for partner A. I want you to share with partner B, share one way that you've felt loved by God. Share one way that you've felt loved by God. Okay, partner A, go ahead. Okay, go ahead and switch to partner B. Share one way that you felt loved by God. One way that you felt loved by God, partner B. Here we go, partner B. All right, all right, last question. Here we go, partner A, last question. What a fun group exercise here. Partner A, last que- or last conversation point. Share one way you've seen God's active love for another person, either in scripture or in person. Share one way you've seen God's active love for another person in scripture or in person. Okay, partner eight, go ahead. Okay, partner B, partner B, go ahead and share one way you've seen God's active love for another person. Partner B, go ahead. I'm stay up here with you. Wait, see. All right, everybody, great job, great job. All right, I'm going to call us back really quick. Call us back. We're gonna turn the page and we're gonna start looking at the Word. How was that? Was it, was it good? Was it, did it just flow? Or was it like, was there a little tension with any of those questions where it felt like, man, that's, this is like an intimate thing to talk about? Or how did it feel? AJ, you're in the aisle. I like that, that's what I'm talking about. Go ahead and move for it. I, uh, I wanted to start this out today uh, kind of with this conversation uh, because our topic today and the aspect that we're looking at In this series is how good neighbors share the good news. Good neighbors share the good news. Now, you may say, Robbie, we, uh, we, you just asked us to share love stories, share stories how we've been loved. You know, maybe started, did it start at all like uh, superficial, and then move deeper. Maybe even with your partner. Uh, I think that's usually what happens in conversations when we're talking with friends or neighbors about things that we love. But what happened is just by a little bit of intentionality, that conversation was able to move just beyond us, began with our own story, and moved beyond us into how we've seen God acting not only for our story and impacting our story, but impacting on others' stories as well. And maybe even you were able to share about a pursuit of God that you've seen in someone in your life, how you've seen God's love on display and how He pursued them. I'm really thankful for... Zach's testimony and what he shared. When we start thinking about sharing the good news, right? A lot of times you may be like me in different seasons of my life where you start to get a little sick in your belly. You're like, "Oh, gospel sharing, evangelism. I don't have the tactics. I don't know how to draw the circles well enough. I don't know how to what the Roman road is. You know, you, you start thinking about all these things. And so when we start talking about sharing the good news, sharing the gospel, What I wanted to do today was to take it totally out of the mode of theory. And I wanted to remind us all today that the gospel is a love story. It's a good news story of love. God's love of you, his pursuit of you and his love and his pursuit of others. We know love stories. We know how to tell love stories. I think if we'll begin to just kind of implement in our lives uh, regular conversations around how God has loved us, how God loves others, I think we'll see radical change in people responding to the gospel. Think about the greatest love story of all, you see it in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Love story on full display that we see in the good news of the gospel. We talked a little bit about in even sharing out of our stories what the gospel is. The gospel is about God's love and pursuit of people, that he's bringing to himself a people. Um, We're gonna talk more about what that is later and exactly some of the key components of that. But I want to talk about sharing out of the love of God in our story uh, in, in a couple of different uh, areas in our life or spheres in our life. I want to talk about sharing the good news. Good neighbors share the good news, but sharing the good news in the mundane and sharing the good news in the extreme. Because we see some really great biblical examples of this. And I think a lot of times we know what the story is of the gospel. We know how God has pursued us and how God has pursuing others, but it, it just becomes hard to like get there in conversations. It becomes hard to be that intimate with somebody, helping them to know how we've received love and how God is desiring to show them love in Jesus as well. And so I want to look at Paul's life and a couple specific ways. Uh, Here we're going to look at Acts 16 together. What's going on in Acts 16? Paul and Silas have been sent out on a missionary journey in Greece and in Macedonia and they're going city to city and they come to the city of Philippi. You may be like, Philippi? I know that from somewhere in the Bible. Yes, the book of Philippians. There becomes a church there and we're going to look at the beginnings and the foundations of that church as they're going and sharing in Philippi. And I want to look first kind of in some context around sharing in the mundane. So Paul and Silas, they're in Philippi. They're doing some different things. It becomes the Sabbath, and they feel uh, like they need to go somewhere and pray. And that's usually what Paul did in his missionary journeys. He went to congregational places. He went to places of prayer or conversation or philosophy, and he would begin conversations with people, just normal conversations. He would show up in these spaces and God would give him gospel opportunities. And so what you see in Acts 16, 13, we'll start there, and uh, look uh, together at a specific woman and God's good news that he brought to her through Paul that day. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside where we were supposed there was a, where we would suppose there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and we spoke to the woman who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Theodera, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. And the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized and she and her whole household as well. And she urged us saying, if you've judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. So what's going on in this story? So Paul and Silas, they're looking for a place to just go and pray. They're meeting and gathering with people who have gathered together, who are in some way seeking God. And they meet this woman, Lydia, right? That's pretty mundane. You may be thinking like it's mundane for me to get up, go to church in the morning, go to Bible study on Wednesday night. Maybe I've got a big meeting at work where people are gathered together just the normal flows of life. We see a really miraculous thing that happened in this mundane interaction with this amazing woman named Lydia. We see that Paul simply started sharing with her. She knew things about God. The Bible says she was a worshiper of God in some way. But something unique happened in her life that day. In verse 14, We see that the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. So many times when we think about sharing the good news, we think about the results. We think this is a, um, there's a lot at stake here right? There's a, it feels like there's a lot of pressure at times when we're talking about Jesus with friends, maybe in an awkward way or a way that feels uh, outside of the norm of our relationship. It feels like a lot of pressure. We already did this little exercise where we talked about love stories and we even talked about God's love story for us. Very normal thing to talk about, very comfortable thing to be able to talk about but I think we overcomplicate and we're shooting for results. Oh my gosh, the stakes are so great for this person that they need to hear this and believe this and be transformed today. And all of those things are true. People do believe by hearing and hearing of the word of Christ. We know that's how faith comes to people. But what I love about this passage, this is Apostle Paul, right? He sent out, he's been a part of founding the expansion of Jesus' church Here on earth in these early days, he goes, he sits down to talk to a group of women. He was talking to a woman who had heard things about God before. And what happens that day when he begins to share? The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. In the mundane of everyday life, guys, I I really want us to get this as people. I don't want us to overcomplicate sharing the good news. I want us to be people that speak of the love story of what God has done for us, but to do it in our everyday life, in the mundane, in the places and the pathways that we travel every day, in the meetings and the gatherings and the times with friends to look for opportunity to speak of what God has done for us and in us and how the Lord is pursuing them because What we're not trying to do is to give a lecture on the theology of salvation and how people should come to Christ. What we're looking for is for God to open people's hearts to hear and believe in a new way. There's different aspects of the gospel in that love story that connect with people in a different way. I guarantee you didn't share the exact same thing that your partner shared with you. There's something unique in your own story that the gospel connected to in God's pursuit of you. And as you share out of your story, there's going to be different people that God has prepared to hear and to believe that will respond to something uniquely in a moment when you share. And so I wanna encourage us today in the mundane to be sharing. We also should be sharing in the extreme. There's this situation that happens uh, as you continue on in that chapter, Paul and stays with Lydia and then they go out and they're preaching Christ and they have this woman who is essentially like possessed by a demon. She's a clairvoyant. She's somehow making money with this possession and Paul casts this demon out of her and the people who uh, who owned her, she was a slave girl, who were making money off of her and profiting o- off of this possession. They get really mad at Paul and Silas and they have them thrown into prison. And we arrive at this Maybe more familiar, even passage in Acts 16, uh, starting in verses 25, where it says about midnight, you see this happening, Paul and Silas in jail, and Paul and Silas were praying and they were singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. And when the jailer woke and saw that the prisoners' doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he had brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all his household. And he, uh, and he took them that same hour of the night and he washed their wounds. <coughs> and he was baptized at once. And he and all his family. And then he brought them into his house. And he set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. This is an extreme circumstance, right? So you read this story and you're like, when in the world am I ever going to be in prison? And then all of a sudden the chains fall off and the, I hope you're not in prison, you know? Extreme circumstances happen though. I think that's the reality of our life all around us. I mean, living in this city, extreme circumstances happen. There are people around us that are dealing with extreme circumstances of life. And in those moments, God gives us the unique opportunity just like he does in the mundane to speak of his love into the extreme. That in extreme circumstances, not looking for reasoning of why that happened to somebody, but letting someone know that in the middle of an extreme circumstance, God is with you. In the middle of an extreme circumstance that the Lord loves you. In the middle of an extreme circumstance that maybe God is using this circumstance to pursue you and let you know that he loves you, that he is real. And that he is for you. We get opportunities every day in the mundane and in the extreme to share about the hope that is within us. And that comes from 1 Peter 3.15. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is within you yet do it with gentleness and respect. I love that that we started that story uh, with Lydia because Christian tradition holds that she was a key pillar of the church in Philippi, that God used that mundane interaction to raise, to save a woman and to raise up a woman who would help build God's church to reach that city. That church that the letter of Philippians is still speaking through to us today. The love story that God is pursuing people in the mundane and in the extreme. John 3, 16, again, I just say it, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We see Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 lay out some core tenets of the gospel, right? A lot of times you may be thinking, what if I miss something? What if I forget about something? I'd encourage you to read this passage later it's just that first few verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But what we see Paul do is he says, hey, this is what the gospel is, right? The Christ lived, that Christ died, and that Christ was raised again according to the scriptures. The Jesus ministry, that his very life, and that his resurrection all testify to the truth of who God is and the access that we have to God. Only through Him, and I love what Paul does. I was reminded this week, and I think it's it's so helpful in this passage. And I, I certainly commit it to you, uh, particularly uh, in verses eight through ten. Uh, but what you see is Paul uh, moves from sharing the gospel to helping people to understand who Christ is and what He's done, to understand from His own story. <laughs> who Christ is and what he's done. And so we get an invitation from the Apostle Paul to share the gospel, to share the good news as a good neighbor from our own story as well. The gospel truly is a love story and good neighbors share the good news. I want to go ahead and invite my friend, Zach Watts, back up here. He's gonna, I, I asked Zach while he's coming up, uh, I love Zach so much. If y'all don't know him, give him a hand really quick. Yeah. I really love Zach. Zach is a faithful man of God, and he constantly encourages me in his faithfulness to be a good neighbor who shares the good news in his life. And so I just asked him not to give you methods today, but to share stories with you. Because as he shares stories from his own life, I think you will be able to see, oh my gosh, I have this type of relationship. I know this type of person. God help me to be
0: faithful in those interactions. So would you share with us, Zach, a little bit? Hey, y'all. Um,
2: first off, yeah, I just wanted to say that I'm super thankful and honored to be up here. Um, I really just want to express that I'm, I'm honestly not the perfect person um, to be talking uh, up here, but I really am honored that I can share with you guys just some stories of my life. And um, my goal, honestly, at the end of this is not for you to, uh, after you hear these things, not to look and say... Um, look to me and say, I'm awesome or anything like that. It's really like the Lord's faithfulness that has been there. And I want to point you towards that. Um, and just so some, some stories that uh, have really impacted my life, um, what the Lord has done in my life. I really try to be a man that is marked um, by just sowing seeds with people. As I'm in relationship with people, um, I'm, I'm in, I'm crossing paths with people um, I have, you know, family, friends, coworkers, people that I'm just playing sports with, um, and I just try to be intentional with them um, and just sow seeds with them. I don't have to dive right in into sharing the gospel immediately, but I'm tilling the ground with them, um, just getting to know them little by little and putting conversations out there. Um, one story that comes to mind is, I used to work for FedEx and uh i always again try to be intentional with my coworkers. these are the people that i'm spending my my time with um most of my week with and so with that um i go to lunch with them take them out to lunch uh, talk with them try to get to know them what's just talk to them about their their background what was it what was it like for you growing up um are you spiritual or are you religious in any way um and just try to really get to know them. I want, to, I want them to see that I care for them as a person. And they are. I'm trying to become friends with them as well. They're not a project to me or anything like that. I want to get to know them as people. I want them to see that I see you. Um, and so with that, uh, I would also bring my Bible a lot to, to work um, when I was in the office. And uh, just leave it on my desk. And during my lunch breaks, when if I didn't go out with my coworkers, I would just spend time reading. And I wanted the people to see that. Um, and a lot of times it... They would come up to me and ask me, so many of my coworkers would come up and ask, what are you reading? And so with that, I would get to share with them exactly what I was reading. I would reread it to them, and, and I would ask them, what do you think about that? Um, and that led to some really uh, deep conversations, and it, it, was, it was, again, just sowing those seeds little by little. And uh, I'll never forget, there was this one day that this, um, one of my coworkers comes up to me, and he says, uh, he's visibly upset. I can see his face is red. I can see tears looking like it's about to to come down. And He's like, man, I want to talk to you. Um, and I want to come to you because I know I've seen your life. Um, we've hung out. We've had a lot of conversations. Um, and I see that you just, you walk with Jesus. I see that your life is built around the kingdom of God. And so um, I say, sure, man, what's up? Uh, how can I help you? And um, he just, he starts crying a little bit. He says, man, I just, I want to be honest, I feel invaluable um, as, a, uh, as an employee, um, as a friend, as a coworker, as a husband. He was feeling the, this invaluable. And um, then he goes on and he talks to me about how he, he felt like he's just been having a lot of, a lot of thoughts of suicide. Um, and so I just ask him, hey, can I share something with you? And so I take him to Genesis 1. Immediately I take him to the passage where it says that God has made us in his image and in his likeness. And we've talked about that quite a bit through the series, um, through the summer. And it's such an important uh, thing. that uh, He's not an accident or anything. He is valuable. He is made in the image of the Lord. That matters. And I wanted him to see that. Um, And then I go on just to tell him some more uh, scripture truths of just um, before the foundation of the earth, the Lord knew you. He knew you. He cared about you. Um, and then I just take him, take him on some more of not only does he care about you, he cares about you so much, he loves you, that he sent his son for you. Um, and I shared him just, yeah, with John three sixteen as well, and just a simple verse, but, um, man, it's, it's one of the core roots of the Bible. Um, I think that's how, yeah, that's how much God loved you, that he sent his son for you. And so I explained in these things to him, and I said, see, like, you are valuable. You're 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 cared for. You're loved, not only by God, but I care for you. I see you, and I'm so sorry that you're feeling that. And I want to help you in any way that I can. Um, and I said, you know, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not equipped with professionally or anything like that. I want to. If there's, have you ever thought about? seeing a counselor or a therapist just to kind of uh, take a journey with you through, through all these thoughts and feelings that you can kind of vent to as well. I'd like to walk alongside of you with that as well, but is, is there a therapist that you've thought of? And um, he says, yes, I have, but I can't afford it. And I said, listen, man, you choose um, the best therapist, counselor, whatever, whoever you want, you choose the best one that you can possibly think of. You can look. I don't care what their rates are, um, and I'll cover the cost. Um, and immediately tears just come down his face. And he was like, you would do that for me without hesitation? Absolutely. Yes. Um, and through that experience, uh, we're still friends to this day. Um, I, he took me up on that and, uh, through that experience, the, the man has, uh, since then surrendered his life to Jesus and is walking with Jesus and, um, we stay in contact, um, and it was just, it, all, it really all began just with sowing small seeds. I didn't dive right into the gospel with him or anything like that. I just sowed small seeds and he saw it. And, he, and he, he, it made such a difference in his life that he was willing to come to me and he saw something like a safe place where he could come and talk to me about those things. Um, the second story I just wanted to share uh, would just be about my grandpa. Uh, he was a hard, hard man. Um, I'm, I'm telling you, like this man, he didn't um, he never showed his feelings. He never expressed his feelings, even to his, even to my grandma. I never really, um, said, I love you or anything like that. Um, and I had been, I go see him every year and, and I would, each time I would try to sow seeds and try to pitch out there, um, just anything, if he, if he would be willing to, to say anything to me about Jesus. Um, and he never would, and I, I would yeah, talk to him time and time again, but he really wouldn't listen. Um, sometimes he would get uh, it, it just like it didn't affect him at all. And that really hurt me. I was time and time again, I was like, "Lord, please, like affect this guy's heart." Like, let, let him have eyes to see and ears to hear, just this one time, please." Um, and I'll, one day I got a call from my grandma, and she says uh, hey, Zach, uh, you know, the doctor says that your grandpa has about um, a month to live. And so um, I immediately fly down there. He has some type of cancer. And um, immediately he knows time is ticking for him in such a fast way. And so I knew the Lord was pressing on my heart to share with him. I was like, God, I've tried. I've tried so many times. Nothing affected him. But again, the Lord was asking me to share with him again. So I was like, okay, I'll do this. And so I went up to him and I was like, hey, can I ask you a question? He said, sure. And so I said, are you scared of death? Are you scared to die? And the room was silent for um, about 30 seconds or 45 seconds. I didn't know if he heard me, it became kind of awkward. Um, there was just, so there a silence just roaming around. Didn't know if he was ignoring me or what, but I look over and I hear him sobbing. I mean, this is a man I've never seen shed up one tear, never expressed anything. And he's over there sobbing. And he was like, I'm terrified of death. I said, why is that? He's like, man, I've been a terrible, terrible person my whole life. And there's not enough time to make up for the bad, bad things that I've done. And he's just crying, and he says, "I need forgiveness, but I don't have enough time." And I I'm just this has affected me so much. I start crying myself um, through that experience um, I share the gospel with him right then and there, just some truths that I knew that I know that I know that you can have forgiveness right now. And the Lord has done something for you. He's already done something for you. He's already sent his son for you. That you can now have forgiveness right here, right now. And I've seen this through that experience and through that just sharing. Um, he I saw his life change and as I was leaving um, to, to get on a plane to come back, he tells me something that I really appreciated. He said, all those years you've been sharing, he said, thank you so much for that. And he said, I know that you might not felt like I cared or anything like that, but I was listening. Again, I was sowing those seeds to him. I didn't think it was ever affecting his heart, but the Lord was working behind the scenes that I didn't know. Yeah, and so... Any way that I can try to um, sow seeds and share the gospel and sprinkle that into people's lives, I do. I, I mean, I, I care so much that that is a mark of my life. I don't think there is anything more important than sharing about the hope that's within us. I think sometimes about my own life what if no one ever shared the gospel with me? I know the road that I was headed down, the brokenness the separation from the Lord, just not, not feeling fulfilled, not fulfilling. Um, yeah, I mean, just this depression that was hovering over me of, um, all I was thinking about was my accomplishments and things like that. And the Lord rescued me from that. And just, yeah, he, if no one ever shared the gospel with me, I hate to see where, where my life would be today. And so just want to encourage you, um, to, you know, to, Share the gospel with people that you know. I want you to think that practically about this as well in your own life. If no one ever shared the gospel with you, you know where you would be, right? Think about that. A dark, dark place. You're, you should, we should be thankful. Somebody shared the gospel with it and changed our life. We want to do that for others. And so.
1: Yeah. Zach, I, I appreciate you sharing a story unplanned <laughs> that I feel like gives both a picture of being a good neighbor who shares the good news in the mundane in the everyday at your work and also in the extreme in the situation with your grandfather on his deathbed. I wonder out of those stories, just briefly if you have any encouragement to us or just anything that we could be thinking about. Um, yeah. As we take a step of commitment and sharing that love story, the gospel uh, on a more regular basis in our lives.
2: So I'm going to, yeah, there's, there's three things that I would like to, that really come to mind that I want to share, and I'll, I'll try to be quick about this, but um, one thing that you've kind of expressed as well is that um, it wouldn't be, you don't have to have some formula, like you don't have to have some method, some planned out strategy or anything like that, um, some memorized script. Like, just be authentic. Like, you have a story to tell, and I want you to see that. Like, you have a story to tell. Your life has been changed by the gospel. It has been changed by a person of Jesus, right? And so, your life if your life has been changed by that, just be authentic and share with that with people. You don't have to memorize something. You don't have to have all—and there's nothing wrong with tools and things to, to, to use. But you have a story to tell, and I want you to see that. Um, that's one of the—I think one of the biggest— Thing that captures people is when you're honest with them about your life, um, and people can tell when you're when you're you know trying to be fake and trying to uh, get an answer out of them. Just be authentic. Like care for people, really love them, see them as a person. Um, the second thing would be um, to, uh, I think a lot of people feel this weight of, man, I can't share. I don't have enough biblical knowledge. Um, I don't have uh, I'm not a biblical scholar in any way. I don't. I've never been to seminary, or I'm not a missionary or anything like that. But like, you're. We can be an ordinary people if we could just be a, like think about being obedient as an ordinary man in your workplace with the people you're spending time with, your family you're spending time with already. You're already in conversation with people. There's actually a statistic that says that. Uh, really moved me one time. It says the average person speaks about 15,000 words per day. And so we're already talking about a lot of things, right? We're talking about politics, uh, social issues, shoes, clothes, movies, TV shows, all these things. You're already talking about it, right? Um, And so let's choose to, you know, as a church, let's choose to to talk about something more important. Um, Let's sow those seeds. Actually, we can use some of those things, you know, to sow, sow seeds. Again, you don't have to hop right into the gospel, like, till the ground for future conversations. Um, And so, like, getting to know them. You could ask them about TV shows and things like that. Just befriend them. Get to know them. Um, And then the third and last thing I want to point you to is uh, some of us um, are, I know in this room, are feeling, who am I to share the gospel? And... Um, you may think that I'm not morally good enough or um, I don't really have the words or anything like that. But I want to point you to a passage because I believe that the Bible speaks about this. And I want you to see, again, like it's not about me. I want you to, at the end of this, I want you to see God and how faithful he is. So there's a passage in Exodus, and I love this passage. It's really been a mark in my life. Um, In Exodus 3, so God tells Moses, to go and tell Pharaoh that the, the Lord said, let my people go. We know this story. But Moses said to God, just like we do, he says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Isn't that, I, mean, that's what I'm, I think that's a lot of our hearts is, who am I to do this? Moses was thinking the same thing. Isn't it so great that the Bible speaks to such realities that we have today? Um, and so the Lord then says, surely i will be with you that's a great truth right in and of itself that he is with us but then later um, god tells him again to go and to tell pharaoh so in exodus 4 moses said but behold they will not believe me or listen to my voice so moses right here he's 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 telling god like what if they don't listen to me and that's that's our very thoughts a lot too i know that was one that's been my thoughts time and time again I thought that with my grandpa. I didn't think he was ever listening to me. And so Moses continues to go and to plead to the Lord. He says, oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Right there, Moses is making an excuse almost. He's saying, I can't speak well. I can't talk well. I'm not good with words. And I want you to real quick zoom in on what the Lord's response is him shaped this 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 verse right here shaped my life it says the lord said to him who has made man's mouth he says is it not i the lord now therefore go and i will be with your mouth and teach you what to say the beauty that's in that passage is amazing to me um the lord provides he's faithful you see that in that verse he says who has made man's mouth is it not i the lord and he will be with us. He, and he says, I'll teach you what to say. And so we can, we, one thing that we can take away from this, I think is the Lord, as he calls you, he equips you. Do we have a willing heart though? Do we trust that? Where's our eyes? That's, I, I just want to leave you with this two questions that is our dependence on him, right? We don't, we don't change hearts. It's God that changed hearts. And, so, and that's the last thing I wanted to leave you with is who are we looking to, to change hearts? So can we just, like, yeah, can we just be faithful people to just be obedient and sharing and sowing the seeds and let God do what he does?
1: Wow. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Zach. I want to go ahead and invite uh, Tad and the band uh, to come up and to lead us into a time of response. Uh, This week's Good Neighbor Challenge. I want to invite you to commit to share your greatest love story the good news of the gospel with someone this week commit to share your greatest love story the good news of the gospel with someone this week and you know there's two possible responses today okay guys stick with me for a minute while they're moving all this stuff around there's two possible responses today one is the response of someone who has recognized that they've been loved, that they've received the love of God through Jesus and they commit then to share that love with others. There is a second response this morning, okay? So if you're in that first place, please spend some time with the Lord, asking God to stir your heart's affection toward bringing the good news to another this week. But for you, this morning, maybe you've you've never heard about this love, you've never heard about this good news, or maybe you've heard about it so many times, but like Lydia, your heart just hasn't been open to it yet. I wanna remind you this morning that you have a God that loves you so deeply, so individually and specifically, that though you have sinned against him, that though you have wronged his perfect standards, that though you have disregarded his perfect law and that though in your sin that you have separated yourself from God for all eternity, that there's nothing that you can do to be brought back into relationship with him and you are deserving of punishment for breaking God's holy standard, that God loved you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, into this world to live with perfect obedience to God's holy standard. Why? Why did God send Jesus just to be a good? No, he didn't send Jesus just to be a good man. God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross of Calvary. The perfect lamb that would be offered to take away the sins of all who would believe upon him. And friends, today Jesus didn't just go onto the cross and, and die, taking on the punishment of your sins. He, he didn't just go into the ground. He rose again after three days to newness of life, showing all the world that he is powerful to both forgive your sins through the sacrifice of his own body and he's also powerful to rescue you from the death that you deserve because of your sins and separation from God. Friends, today, you in your own heart can respond to the gospel, to the good news offered by this neighbor (laughs) who truly loves you and wants you to know that you are loved by God. Today, scripture says is a day of salvation. Today is a day where you can call out to God and say, God, like Lydia we talked about, open my heart. I've heard this, I've heard this, I'm just struggling to believe, I, I don't know how to get there on my own. The Lord doesn't want you to get there, he wants you to just speak to him, open my heart, to hear, to believe, to receive what you have done for me in Jesus so that I might be forgiven of sins, so that I might have my eternity secured in a home in heaven with you. Friends, today that's the good news of the gospel. We have a savior who's risen, who's gone to prepare a place for us. And as we respond to him, that he both forgives our sins and that as our great high priest, he intercedes for us today. And he is secured for us in home with a home in heaven with him. And that's our place of hope. That's our place of rest.
0: Thanks again for listening to this Bible teaching from Island Community Church. We want to encourage you to join us for worship in person soon. No podcast can replace God's good design of gathering with other believers in a local church. For more gospel resources and ways to connect with our church, visit us at ICCMemphis.com. We offer a prayer of blessing for you from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope.